Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You're tuned in to Good Morning Aurora, the newest and coolest podcast ever. Now... I am bringing Brittany into our meeting. Hi, I'm here. Can you hear Hi. me? Hi. Yes, yes. Excellent. It is uh, so nice to to hear from you. And yeah. we, uh, we thank you for being on with us. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. It's, been, it's a pleasure. Yeah. So I, uh, what we're doing uh, at you know, Good Morning Aurora is... Uh, Curtis and I started, I had mentioned even to you, you know, doing a little Zoom meeting when we knew we couldn't get out in the community and representing, you know, he's representing the Aurora veterans and, and, um, you know, was working with seniors and, um, you know, we kind of came together and this was, I want to say back when things were more calm when it was just pandemic. (laughs) Right, when it was just the pandemic. Isn't that funny? <laughs> I mean, who would ever thought that you could say words like that? I know. <laughs> uh, I mean, oh, back when it was just this global pandemic. Yeah, yeah. just a global pandemic. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so, um, but, you know, we we started to talk, and we really, we knew the momentum that was going here in Aurora. It's, it's when you and I met as well, and, you know, I just refused to stand by, and you know, not participate in, in something that I think what people are so angry about is happening in a positive way in this town specifically. I know. And so, you know, I, for our listeners there, um, I, you know, online we have, you know, Brittany Peterson, she's a criminal defense attorney in Aurora and, um, you know, a, a candidate for circuit judge in the 16th. Judicial Circuit of Kane County, and um, the reason we want to talk to her more, you know, and she's she's also a mom and a person in our uh, society that, you know, are we going to leave this, you know, lineage for for our children? Like, are our children in 20 years going to be discussing these same things? Or what can we do right now as the new decision makers? We're the elder millennials, I like to say, to, to mm-hmm. you know, to try to find a way. So. You know, I don't want to take up a lot of your time. I want to, you know, stick to, you know, getting it out there because I, I can, you know, talk to you forever. But, you know, if you, you know you, I'll just kind of sit back. You want to tell us just a little bit about, you know, your business, your, you know, anything in your, your background that got you to here in Aurora. And then, you know, how we can, you know, find a way to, to inspire or, or just give some, some, some clarity to a lot of people confused. Yeah, please. And any, and any questions you have, you know, just, just let me know. But, you know, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> I'll start by saying that um, I'm new to Aurora. Um, as far as living in Aurora, I just moved to Aurora with my, with my girls two, a year ago, actually. It'll be a year in July. So it's almost a year to date. And uh, I have been working, my law office has been 
located in Aurora and I, and I transferred down to it three years ago. Um, and before that had a firm practice in Geneva. Um, I was a, and before that I was a public defender here in Kane County for a number of years. Um, I'm actually originally from Elgin. I was born in, uh, and raised in Elgin, um, went to public school in Elgin before I uh, left and went to Duke for my undergrad um, and lived in Chicago for some time. So for me, it's just, it's interesting that I'm back in the Fox Valley area, um, this area of Elgin to Aurora, basically. Um, when my life had taken me from here, it's, it's kind of an honor and a privilege to kind of be back where I started um, and, and working in this area and now living here with my children. Um, it's funny how life kind of comes full circle, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, so, you know, th that's kind of where that is. Um, like I said, I'm, I practice criminal defense primarily. Um, my law firm also handles some family law or it does handle family law as well, um, divorces and child support, things like that. I've been a, criminal defense lawyer now for about 10 and a half years. Um, I practice a little bit of um, medical malpractice law before getting into the criminal defense field. Um, and I absolutely love what I do. Um, it's been a pleasure to serve this community um, in this capacity um, and fight hard every, every day for the constitutional rights of my clients. Um, and it's just so incredible that, you know, as we sit here right now and really think about our criminal justice system and, and criminal justice reform, you know, having been working in it for as long as I have you know, and seeing its, its many deficiencies and seeing its many problems, I, I couldn't be more thrilled and happy to see the movement Black Lives Matter movement and the criminal justice reform movement that we're seeing right now, because um, it's necessary. Um, and so, although this is a very difficult time um, because of the pandemic, of course, and, and, and the problems that has presented for my, you know, not just with my family, but also for my business. Yeah. Um, and then now to have these, the Black Lives Matters movement, um, you know, at full speed, it's a difficult time, uh, not just professionally, but also personally. Uh, I'll just be very honest. Um, my father is an immigrant from Denmark. He immigrated over here, I don't know, maybe about 45, 48 years ago. He's the only one in his family to come over here. He came as a young man, young, young adult man, and started a business here. Um, my mother is an uh, African-American woman who was born and raised in South Carolina. Um, her family migrated to Washington, D.C., and she grew up in Washington, D.C., but she also grew up down there in the Jim Crow segregated South. She was born in 1950 um, and, and lived that life. So I have two parents who have very different backgrounds coming together, meeting here in the Fox Valley area, and, and then raising myself and my brothers. So, you know, all of this is very personal for me um, in many respects. And well, I'm happy. Well, it's just, it's, it's wonderful to hear that. And, and I, I want to continue because it's just, you know, what perspective that gives, um, you know, just to preface, you know, people who are listening who may see your signs, you know, or, or may see like, you know, you see both sides. And, and I feel that way in certain respects of like knowing 
the very poor to the very rich, like what perspective that's giving me, given me in my life to mm-hmm. empathize with people because you are in a service industry, whether it is or not, I mean, you are at a service to people, you know, and protecting something that they don't really even know that they have. <laughs> right. I mean, a lot of times it's right. I mean, it's something that we have. I think it's something that we take for granted, but it's also quite something we don't understand. You know, what our, our, our constitutional rights are and what our rights are as humans um, in, in the criminal justice system. And um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. You know, it's just, it's very interesting to empower sometimes and also inform, I mean, my clients about things that I kind of take for granted because I know it, because I studied it and because I work in it that people don't quite understand or, or didn't know. Um, and I think that, and that's what I'm happy about what's going on right now as well, is that I think there's a lot of teaching happening, you know, mm-hmm. we're doing a lot of listening. We're doing a lot of, you know, expressing our feelings and our anger and our sadness and our, you know, our, our sometimes a feeling of hopelessness, um, as well as our feelings of hope, but we're also learning, you know, the vast, and, and it should be like this, you know, the vast majority of society is not going to have run-ins or even intersect with the criminal justice system right um as a whole as a society as a whole clearly the black community has many you know much more contact with the criminal justice system you know than the white community does but for the most part as a general whole you know people aren't people don't even get a traffic ticket in life and and that's how it should be and i I wish quite frankly you know i don't want to sound you know, some sort of like, oh, utopian person, but you know, the less work I have to do, yes. the better, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> right? I mean, uh, you know, um, so a lot of it is just informing the community and the public at large about what this system is like, this criminal justice system is like, um, because so many people don't know. And I am appreciating that. Um, it's putting this on the map and, and, and putting this in the forefront of our minds um, to discuss it. Well, and that's interesting. I was actually, you know, and I'm, I'm in Treadwell right now. I was talking to, to Chad about this where it's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like talking to, you know, someone, maybe an older person and be like, okay, they want to listen to this song. Well, it's like, okay, well, I could tell you Apple Music is going to be really, really good, right? So it's the be- it would be much better than just like, you know, uh, uh, playing records, right? But mm-hmm. I could never play that Apple Music on that record player, right? So it's right. like getting the, you know, the message, and, and that kind of leads me to my next question, is this, okay, like, you you are a leader in the community, like, you, you have the, the, the credentials, the, the, the back, the whole thing. What do we do, like, you know, someone like me or, you know, people who, you know, I'm, I'm of Italian-American descent. Now, I know of, it, you know, specific times where, you know, family members have experienced it, right? Experienced prejudice, mm-hmm. not at the same mm-hmm. level. So it's like you, you find yourself in an interesting way of being like, well, what do I tell my kids? Like, what, what's my action step like tomorrow? Like, if someone's listening, just be like, yo, I hear what she's saying. But like, what do I tell my kids? How do I approach this? Right. And that's been the really, you know, my kids are two and a half, right? right? So, and in some respects, I'm thankful that they're so young and, you know, quite frankly, oblivious to the pandemic and to, right. to this movement right now. 
But I'm also kind of like in a situation where like, oh, I kind of wish they were a little older so that I could be talking to them about this. I mean, not that I won't as they get older because as, as black people and as people, period, we have to continue to talk about equality for all of us. Um, and that's the number one thing. So, you know, I have a lot of friends right now whose, you know, children are five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, or even teenagers. And it's been very interesting to hear like how some parents feel, I don't know what to say. What should I say? How do I talk about this? Like, you know, I've always told my child that, you know, not to be racist and not to judge somebody by color, but that doesn't seem like that's enough, for example. Right. Um, I hear, you know, and that, those would be my white friends and my white family members. And then I hear some of my, you know, my friends of color that are black or Hispanic or something and say, you know, we have this conversation as well, but you know, how do I, you know, I have a friend who has a biracial child, for example. She's like, I just don't, you know, how do I explain this to her? How do I talk to her about it? And I said, well, first and foremost, the fact that you're have like give yourselves credit as parents yeah. if you're even having the conversation that's, that's a good point. and not worry you know uh, so much about the content because having the conversation is difficult to begin with right um and just shows right there that you are trying to empower yourself and your children about these issues so you know if you are a parent out there and you're having the conversations and you're concerned about the content, give yourself credit for having it. And if you're not having the conversation, don't be scared to have it because we have to have it. Our children don't live in a bubble. They see what's going on around them. Quite frankly, I believe that children are, you know, they're sponges and, and they see more than we ever give them credit for, you know? Um, and they have questions and all you can do is your best is to answer them. I mean, if we come at, this discussion, if we come out the discussion of race, starting with saying, you know, even if it's, I don't even understand what bias means, for example, you know, I've never been, I don't think that I'm biased. I don't think that I'm racist. A lot of it to me just starts with also listening to the experience of others, mm -hmm. all others. So, you know, white people listening to black people's feelings and thoughts and black people listening to white people's feelings and thoughts and, and, and Hispanics feelings and thoughts and, you know, Asian Americans feelings and thoughts, all of it and how they feel they fit into our society and how the society feels to them. That is a, that, that's huge. That's empowering. And that's, that's so educational right there. And you know, but you know what the thing that, that like, it fills me with a little bit of, you know, we're, we're like letting go of the anger is it's like, well, how do we evolve this far? And we have to be the ones to explain this to people like that. This hasn't been figured out before. You know what I mean? Like that, that this is the, t it's, it's 2020 and we're, we're, we're having to do this to just simple basis to be like, Hey, put yourself in someone else's shoes for five seconds and see how it goes. You know what I mean? Like, it, and it's unbelievable when, when you look at people, you know, that, you know, from a, from a, from a perspective of, of, you know, nonviolent protest of, you know, mm -hmm. throughout cultures in law, a law. And, and that's the truth. Like, you know, like here's the awakening It's right in front of you. Like it's right here. Think of what that mother has to deal with because her boys might be big, you know, and, or, or wear a hoodie or something, or, right. you know, or just because, you know, you, you have an Italian last name, people automatically assume you're in the mafia. You're like, in the mob, right. You yeah. know, and like in, or, you know, and, and it's, again, it's not, 
you know, to an but it's still, it's, and, and it hurts your pride and, and you hate to see it, you know, and you, and, and when you really look back on what was portrayed on TV and in popular culture, like that's why some of these people, these older people think the way that they do. And this racist that it's, it's like they were spoon fed it. And it's like, they had, but you know what I mean? They've been spoon fed this. And this is what I think you're saying of like, they, they some people like, it's like, oh my gosh, I have jury duty here. Oh my gosh, I got a parking ticket. Like I have to go. And they think it's like this ride at Disney World, right. you know? <laughs> and it's like, it's right. not. <laughs> they, because they see it from the outside, they're not in it. And it's kind of a fascinating show when it's actually, if you are on jury duty, which I think is one of the biggest forms of civil duty that you can do, you know, besides voting, Sitting on a jury is just an, an incredible, if you ever, and I call it an opportunity, if you, as a citizen, if you get the opportunity to do it, I mean, it's a huge civic duty um, that means so much to the fabric of our democracy and our constitution, um, that it's quite, quite a privilege and a right, you know? Um, but people don't see it like that because we watch our law and order and we watch our crime shows and, you know, we think of it more sensational than really how truly important it is. Um, but, you know, I think, I think you said something that I think a lot of people don't want to talk about or deal with, and that's the issue of stereotypes and biases and how we ourselves um, label and see other people and our own selves. And that's what I think this particular time period is really challenging, unlike a lot of the movements of our past. You know, the civil rights movement of the 1950s and 1960s in our country literally had to fight laws that were, you know, segregationist laws and practices in schooling, in housing, in everything and going to the bathroom and going to the movie theater and where you could sit and eat and where in the bus you could sit like front of you know like laws that were meant to segregate and keep people separate and you know keep people down quite frankly it wasn't that long ago either no no this is my mom's life right that's what i'm saying right, right. today we don't necessarily have those actual we don't have those same barriers right there's no law and that says you black person can't go to this school or you black person can't go you know, into this store. What we have now, which is even the harder struggle is that we're actually trying to change people's mindsets, their biases, their stereotypes. So that when you see a black man or a black woman walk into a target, you don't automatically think that they're there to steal something and watch them. That when you see a young black boy standing on the side of one street, you don't walk across it the other way um, because you're somehow fearful of them. Never having experienced any actual violence from a black person in your life. So these are, this is a learned, a learned stereotype that you're exactly right, is portrayed throughout our, um, our, our, our cultural, you know, our cultural entertainment industries. And that's just been inherent in the fabric of our society, unfortunately. And that's what I think we're really needing to challenge. On top of actual changes in the ways we do things and the way police and the way the criminal justice system, um, you know, works as a rehabilitative system instead of a system of punishment, things like that. Absolutely. 
But, you know, we really can't make any further strides as a society, quite frankly, since we don't have actual legal barriers per se, um, until we start to change the, our mindset. Well, and that's you know the thing. I mean? And that's where I think, and that, that's you know, hard. Oh, well, but I think that's also the, you know, everyone searches for their meaning in life or what their meaning is. Well, maybe there's a certain group of people in each generation that have to kind of be doing what we're doing right here and sitting here and being like, okay, like, hear us out, hear us out. Like, yeah, in the bread lines, it doesn't matter what color you are, you're going to be in the same bread line. You know what I mean? Like, if it, when you were, when we had a, when we still have the social distance to go into a store, there's not this line and we're all lumped in together. So we better figure it out in a sense. And like, you better hear people's anger. In my opinion, it's like, there's a fair amount of anger that has to be looked at. Right. Acknowledged. And acknowledged. And, and it can't just be like, you know, and I think some of the memes that like are directed at like some of those people, if they tend to be white, if they tend to be this, whatever the case, like, that that don't really know which way to lean to be like okay like you need to watch this like or you need to listen to this here like just because you know like you know even though there's people who should be mad enough to be like very physical towards maybe you or what your beliefs are are choosing not to because they want to coexist together you know and it's like that's where it's like you need to listen like because otherwise you're going to see what happens and I mean, I think it's it's so interesting because you said this concept of, you know, we're all in this together. And when we think about the middle of March for us here in this area, when, you know, this when the pandemic, when the COVID-19 virus started making its way around the world as we watched it in, Jan, you know, December and January in China and then Europe and, and it did what we knew it was going to do, which was come, you know, onto our country, into our areas, into our communities the fact you know that they said stay home and people stayed home and, and maybe not everyone agreed with it but let's be quite honest everybody kind of got together and did it yes. and if you watch tv you saw every other commercial was we're in this together we're in this together we're in this together right there was this sense of look we might hate this we might be upset by this we're scared by this but we're in it together guess what we're in this racial situation together as well Yes. You know, I mean, we're all in it. We're, this is all a fabric and a part of our community. We're all in it together. And we all have to make necessary changes and look within ourselves. And that's, I think, part of the hard thing for a lot of people to understand. Mm -hmm. It's easier when you say, oh, this is their problem. You know what I mean? When it's not, it's all of our actual problems. And if the pain and the hurt that we are seeing these images of people protesting around this country, some standing on street corners by themselves, some standing in groups of, you know, tens of thousands and thousands. Like if it doesn't show that in, in the fact that the diversity and the different colors of all the people that are doing this shows you that we are in this together. And if we take that attitude, just like we did in March about COVID, like we can truly effectuate some change. And we can truly change this racial, the racial tension that we have here and these stereotypes and these biases that we have prevalent throughout our, throughout the fabric of our society. And, um, and I, and I think that's what, but I think that's what's created giant leaps like in our past. Like, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of the things, you know, you talk about the constitution or people talk about capitalism, like 
there's a lot of good systems in a way, but like there needs to be more compassion in a way. Like compassion has to be like injected into like every facet, you know, like from the top down, like compassion, like a, a bit more understanding. But then from like a tactical standpoint, like, you know, you, you, you are 100% correct, but you're, you're talking about trying to change people's behavior. And, but people are still willing to, because look, people are still wearing masks. You know what I mean? So it's like we adopt those same ways of like, I mean, literally, this is why I wanted to have this conversation with you because it's like, I can't sit here and go through, go back to normal. Everything opens up. There's still going to be all these racial divides and tensions. And then I look up and down my block and there is literally like not one house that is like a particular race. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I, we're living this, like, what, whatever, you know what I mean? Like this, it, it can't be tomorrow. It's like I coached at a high school and they never had a winning season. As soon as I heard that, I slammed the bat on the ground when I was coaching baseball. And I'm like, losing is a mindset. Like, that can change today. Like, this idea that we're having, like, you know, and people can say, oh, I, I might in the winter look pretty white. But, like, I also have Italian-American heritage that dealt with a fair amount when they came to this country. And that was told to me as I grew up. So I, that, I'm glad that it was because it helps me empathize where things are still happening to this day to be like, I, I'm not, I'm not watching it. I'm not going to tell my kids when they're older and they're having the same conversation. Well, what did you do? You know, what did you do? I, I'm not saying we have to, uh, but it's this, and that's where the ideas come from. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree, and, and it's, and it's excellent. I, I love that we're having these forums and these discussions, and I do have a fear. I, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I have always, you know. Um, felt that I've been the type of person and in my family we had a family that we were allowed and, and we had a you know a, a biracial multiracial family so we talked about these issues at our dinner table when they affected us when things happened to us we had conversations about it I um, mean I always did throughout college and in my 20s and in my 30s and now that I'm in my 40s you know I've always had these conversations with people and I've also if there was a movement to join or, or something that dealt with racial inequality, I always felt like I did jump into it and, and lend support and solidarity to it. And then it kind of all would go, it would die down and go away. I know. Right? Until the next horrible thing happened that you know awoken the anger and the sadness again. And then we jumped in and then it died down and went away. And I, I would be lying if I said to you that I'm not fearful that that's going to happen here again. Um, there's is. so much heaviness going on, on in our hearts and our souls right now, you know, just from all of this, from the pandemic and fearful of our state, our health and our lives. And now this, I know that there is probably a feeling in some people of, I just wish we could go back to when it was a little bit, you know, not so stressful and not so so tiring and emotionally draining. Well, here's you know? something full circle to that, that you, you said yeah. earlier uh, about, you know, people just having that conversation. Like if parents are trying to even have that conversation, they should like pat themselves on the back. But maybe the times before, like when these things happened, where they, where they fizzled, it was like, we were, you know, people were so blind into rushing in to help that like okay if it went out now after those couple maybe now maybe right because what do we have what do we have that i mean we're having the same conversation that i'm sure like so like our parents had with people yes. or like 
you know, I mean, yes, that might have been worse in a lot because of the laws, but still basically the same issue that like, it's still the color. It's still a color thing. Like, are you kidding me? Like, it, it, like what, when is this, when is it going to be enough? When does the when conversation is- turn into not the same conversation? I mean, my own mom, you know, who, who, who marched in, in civil rights marches in her, in her youth and things like that and was there you know, at the, in DC during the I Have a Dream speech, listening to Martin Luther King Jr. and and all of this, you know, the first thing she said when the images of the protesting started in Minnesota and Minneapolis and and then elsewhere, and and, and the fact that it had gotten violent and and things, and the looting and the fires and all that first, you know, it hurt her. She goes, I can't believe I'm seeing this again, because we saw it you know, around this country. We saw it in the 90s with the LA riots, you yep. know, seen it in Chicago, maybe not to the same level, to the same degree of violence, but when Laquan McDonald got, was murdered, yep. um, NATO summit was in Chicago, things like oh, that. Oh, I was there, I remember. Right, me too, me oh, yeah. too. Hey, I, 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 where I was, I saw that, man, that parking lot, I saw some, some firearms, let me tell yeah, you. Man. Remember that, Woo. yeah, you know, and so, you know, and I'm, and so her, you know, she, she's just like, I can't believe that I'm seeing similar images. And she saw a, um, she was watching, we were watching something and she saw the hoses and she thought that in 2020, she thought that they had turned the hoses on people. She, cause she hadn't seen that they were putting out a burning building or a car or something like that. She just saw those fire hoses with that, you know, very hard power. And her mind went right back to and I'm sure, you know, many of us, and we should have all seen the images and the videos of, you know, black people being hosed down by these powerful hoses that just cause so much pain and welts and breaks and bones and all this other stuff. And that's where her heart went right away and her mind went. She's like, oh my God, are they spraying people again? Was what she said. And I was like just again, like, like it was recent. again, and I was just like, I cannot believe this. I know. You know, I was just, and at that point, you know, I just tears fell out of my eyes again, because I was just like, you know, thank God they weren't <laughs> spraying people and rather, but you know, they were tear gassed instead in front of the White House, you know, the week later. So I just don't, yeah, I do feel, like I said, a little nervousness that when things quell down, um, because life does need to, in some respect, return to somewhat of a normal, you know, as far as going back to work and, and hopefully getting our 40 million unemployed back employed, you know, things like that. Um, I am a little nervous that in five or 10 years, I'm going to be having the same conversation with you, you know, um, God willing, and hopefully with my mother, you know, and my children. And I, and I don't want that to happen this time. I want us to make strides and really put in the work that it takes to start to tear down some of these what I'm going to call their barriers, even if they're not laws, but there's these, you know, social constructs and barriers. Here's this then. So, you know, because I, I think what, what we'll do is this cause they'll, you know, we'll be, we'll lose our space at three 30 and we have a couple minutes. I think we need to do a part two um, of this, of this talk. Cause I think there's more that we can do. Um, but let's, let's do this as a, we are staking a claim right now. It's, June 10th, Wednesday at 3.27 p.m. For the idea that we're not letting this die off, we will do a part two. 
It's the easiest thing That's we can do in this moment. What do you think? I, I agree and I'm, I'm all in. Um, yeah, because I think we can also talk about what are some of the actual things we can do to make sure it doesn't go. You know, what are the things we can do in our community? Actual things instead of just, you know, feeling things and protesting that we can do to hopefully start to, you know, bring some level of equality here um, and, and sense of equality. So I'm for it. I, I would love to do a part two. I, like I said, I'm honored that you even invited me to come here and speak with well, you. It's, you know, you're, you're an inspiring person. You're someone that the youth needs to look up to and know more about. And um, before we, we head out, can you just tell anyone if there's, you know, your website or where they can look? Yeah, if so I'm also, I didn't bring it up, but I am running for judge here in Kane County as well. Um, and I am going to, I'm on the ballot. Um, I did um, for the November 3rd election. So I have a website there, which is, you know, www.brittanyforjudge.com. But I also, my law, my law firm website, um, PCI attorneys with an S.com. So P-C-I-A-T-T-O-R-N-E-Y-S.com. Um, for information, um, as well as getting in contact, if you ever have any issues or things that you want to talk about, um, in those areas of law that I told you that we practice, our office is open um, for you. And if you want to help on my campaign, please get in touch with my campaign through my website or phone number, which is 630-906-5571. Um, and I would love any volunteer help that I can get as I campaign to November um, to become you know, the next judge, circuit judge here in Kane County. Um, so yeah, but Sam, please, let's, let's keep this conversation going, you know? We absolutely will, and we'll have uh, the links uh, yeah. and information about Brittany and how you can uh, reach out to her. She's a great resource and, and a great person and a, and a steward uh, for Aurora as well as uh, you know society as a whole. So I appreciate you coming and visiting. Good morning, Aurora, and I will talk to you very soon. Right. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of the day. You too. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you, everybody. This has been Wellness Wednesday with Sammy Hall. Good morning, Aurora podcast. Remember, wherever you are right now is the best place to start to be the best you ever walked the planet.